0: Cold calling sucks. Knocking on doors sucks. Talking to strangers sucks. Selling stuff the way you were taught to sell stuff absolutely sucks. Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. This is the Do This Sell More Show. And on today's episode, we are going to talk cars, specifically car sales and how it's changed over the years. So if you haven't purchased a car in the last three, four, or five years, This is gonna be an eye-opening experience for you because the whole process for how people find car dealers and connect with people who sell them cars has completely changed. And my guest today is Cody Reed. And let me tell you a little bit about Cody. Cody is an automotive general sales manager. He works for General Motors. He started in the business back in 2005. And here's the deal with Cody. He really knows the car business inside and out. He started... Where I started in hospitality, that's where Cody started in the automotive business. He started by washing cars, and I guess the job is what they call a lot boy. He was kind of cleaning up the parking lot. He told me he even painted the yellow lines in the parking lot and worked his way all the way up and then started selling cars when he was 18 years old. And from there, he moved up the ladder and became the general sales manager at the dealership where he works now. He's got a sales team under him and we're going to explore exactly how the car business has changed and what people are doing now to sell cars to folks. And I was surprised at how it works, but I shouldn't have been. But let me bring in Cody and let's start the conversation. Cody, welcome to the show and thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dave. This is, uh, this is my first ever podcast, videocast. It's my first ever, so pretty exciting. Pretty exciting to do with you. It's awesome.
0: Well, we're, we're absolutely thrilled to have you. So I want to talk today about, let's start at the beginning. Describe for me the car business when you started and, you know, give us, give us your background because I, I just glossed over everything. Give us your background first and then tell us what the sales process was like when you started. And then describe for us what you guys are doing now. Man, that's a lot. <laughs> well, start, start at the beginning. How did you get started in this? And, and tell us uh, tell us your background and your story.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, uh, I'm third generation in the automotive industry. I grew up around the automotive industry since uh, my father and my grandfather and all my uncles were in the automotive industry. So I knew at a pretty early age, like, ultimately, like, this is what I'm probably going to be end up doing. Took a job in high school working at the same dealership as my father. I was washing cars, picking weeds. I ran this thing. They called it the Billy Goat where, like, you walk around and you pick up dirt and just just any dirty job you can possibly think of took out the trash. That's what I did. And um, I knew, like, I was like, hey, man, I just got to get to age 18. As soon as I get to 18, I can get to the sales floor. I can cha- trade my jeans in for uh, khaki pants. And I could hit the floor at that point. So at that point, like I was uh, like a horse with blinders. I was just so like, the only thing I could see at that point was me being in sales. So I groaned it out. I made it through detail. I did a short little stint as a service advisor, wrote a uh, customer pay service form as they pulled into the service lane, which was good. But ultimately, like I knew I wanted to be in automotive sales and that's what I fought for. And, and that's where I eventually got. So
0: Okay, and tell us back then, so uh, when you started, what year was it when you started in sales?
1: Roughly 2007.
0: Okay, so in 2007, what was the typical sales process like at an automotive dealership, at a car store? What's this, What was the sales process?
1: It was, um, actually our sales processes then are pretty similar to what they are now in dealership. A lot of high pressure, a lot of multiple turnovers, multiple TOs. So uh, if you couldn't close your customer, you had five different sales managers or team leaders that would come in to like just just hammer them right. Anything you could think of, like old school car sales ways, is exactly how it was. Okay, I was fortunate in a sense to get a, to be able to see that. But really, when the recession hit, was that two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, something like that? Really, when the recession hit, is whenever all that was pretty much a game changer, and all that pretty much stopped at that point. But yeah, it was very high pressure. It was very exciting. People were, everything you can think of, that's that's how it was, so.
0: So people would drive up on the lot, there'd be guys standing out front or waiting by the door to greet them. And you know, they, they get them interested, they get them into the car, they get them to, t- to do a test drive and then they bring them in, sit them at the table, make the little tea box and talk about what they're looking for in a car. And then they get to the numbers and they turn them over to like the sales manager and then they go to finance after that. And pretty yeah. much that was the, that was the deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, when we were standing, I remember whenever I first got in, um, I worked at a relatively big store and there would be 40 salespeople. So wow. Morning, oh my goodness. Yeah, 40 salespeople. And in the mornings, literally all 40 of us, we were all standing outside waiting for customers. So if you you had calls you had to make during the day, right? We had planners. We had to call all of our customers and follow up and all that good stuff. But first thing in the morning, like we all were out front. So that first person that pulled in, I mean, there there it was pretty intense, right?
0: All right. So talk about that was so that's two thousand seven. That it seems like it was just yesterday, but you know, if you think about it, as we're recording this, we're in 2019. People are going to be listening to this for years, but this is 2019. So you're, you're talking about, you know, 12 years ago. Talk to me today. What do you, what do you have your guys do today? Now that you're, now that you're in charge, what do the guys do to uh, to sell cars today, the, the in-dealership process is still similar, or is it different?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're always anytime you're selling a product, right? You're always going to say hello. There's always going to be a negotiation and a close, and you're always going to have a goodbye. And whether that's done digitally, so hello, like a storefront um, on our social media pages or on our websites, to goodbye still is the same, right? You're still going to. The end result is the purchase is going to happen. So. That's why I said like sales process-wise, we don't, we don't necessarily beat our customers up anymore with sales managers and hard sales tactics, but there's still a beginning, a middle, and an end. What we've really done a good job with is building an experience at the very, very beginning before the customers even know about us to get some kind of preconceived idea as far as what they're going to experience when they get to us.
0: Yeah, talk to me about that. What are you doing up front? How is it different? How do pe- how are people finding you these days? You know, it used to be. I remember when my parents bought their cars, and even when I first started buying cars, you would see somebody who you knew who was driving a, a really nice car that you liked, and you'd say, "Hey, where'd you get that?" And they would introduce you to the guy they bought their car from. I'm sure that still happens a lot now but brand new people who've never looked for a car before or who are looking for a different car, how do they find your dealership? How do they find you guys?
1: I mean, most of the time, it's still your traditional ways, right? We still have a website. Uh, we still do make cold calls, even though that's not as traditional in our dealership anymore. Most of the time, our customers are coming from social media interactions. We as a dealership are very encouraging to self-promotion. So instead of thinking of it like, hey, I work at ABC Motors, like we are all all about saying, like, "Hey, this is Cody's dealership. Like, this is your gig." The only thing that uh, that is brand around it is just the people that work in it. You know, it's your dealership, it's your cars, it's your sales managers, it's your service department. So, with all that said, our salespeople do a really good job as far as self promoting themselves and building ads on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, making YouTube videos to where they're really in front of the people before they even get to the dealership.
0: So your folks are running their own ads on Facebook to make sure people are interested, like they're, they're taking out. So they build up their social media presence and they're reminding people, hey, this is me at work. They're doing Facebook Live. It's Saturday morning, nine o'clock. Here I am. And this is a car I really want to move today. And they're doing like a Facebook Live out in the parking lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and we encourage everything. So we have some guys that are more comfortable with uh, voice, like podcasts. We uh-huh. have some guys that are more comfortable with video. We have some guys that are more comfortable with writing. So they write uh, long-form emails and kind of like blog posts to their customers.
0: Which, oh, that's uh, great.
1: Yeah, it's whatever whatever's fitting for that person for for that situation. I've personally embraced video, but, uh, again, I don't expect everybody to do videos either. So.
0: So tell me about the stuff they, that they do, the content that they produce, because we just uh, the week before this video, uh, we had a I had an expert on and we interviewed her about content. We were talking specifically about professional services, but it's really interesting to me that you guys in the car business are using content to sell cars. Like, for example, I saw your YouTube channel and it's phenomenal. Why don't you tell us about the content that you're putting out and give us other examples of the content that goes out? What's your YouTube channel and what are you doing now on YouTube?
1: Yeah, my name's, uh, obviously my name's Cody Reed. So my YouTube channel is just Cody Reed. We keep it pretty simple. But in saying that, at the end of the day, um, it's one, again, it's whatever the person's comfortable with. I personally like making more of a personal touch to it. So more of, I think Gary V says this a lot, more of a documentation form of style video. I think that sits really, really well with potential clients. Their watch time and everything's a lot longer that way. And saying that it's not just so much like, hey, here's this car, I'm trying to sell it to you. It's like, hey, here's another car. And then that person, it might just hit the right cord for that day. Um, we can tailor those ads then to the people that might be interested in the used truck or whatever. But we try to keep it really personable. And I think that's the biggest difference between us and a lot of dealerships.
0: Everybody I know is interested in what goes on at a car dealership. I, for, for one, there was a show on A&E years ago called King of Cars. And I was obsessed with it. My 10-year-old kid was obsessed. He, he, we, we watch it, you know, when we can catch the, the episodes on YouTube or Hulu, we watch the the old episodes everybody's interested in what goes on in a car store behind the scenes. Right. So I, I think like videos like that are fantastic, especially when you're educating people on the different features in a car they may want to buy. Sure. I, you know, I can't tell you, I, I picked up the, the I, I guess you could call it a hobby of photography through making videos and having to buy better equipment. And then I said, Hey, let, let me see if I can use this equipment to take pictures And now it seems like every time I watch a YouTube video on a piece of equipment and somebody gives it a positive review, I go into the store and I walk away nine times out of 10, I'm going to walk away with a piece of equipment that I've seen a review, a positive review about on YouTube. So you guys are educating people on the vehicles. If somebody was already in the market for that vehicle and they see you walking them through it it takes away that big intimidation factor. It takes away a lot of the pressure, I think. Have you experienced that in the, in the store?
1: I think the video form just adds a more personable touch to it. So, you know, they can buy a car anywhere. If you're looking at a Toyota Tundra, there's 19 dealerships within 200 miles that have that same exact truck. The X factor there is what goes different prior to the sale and what goes different during and after the sale. Yeah. The customers expect that you're going to have all the service after the sale. They expect a good service. So the only X factor in the whole thing then is just getting in front of them early enough to get them to like you early enough. It's no different than meeting a customer anywhere else. You're just meeting them in video form or audio form or whatever you're uh,
0: initially on Facebook messenger or whatever. They, they, yeah. they follow you on Facebook and they message you, Hey, you know, I finally convinced my wife to let me get a truck and I come in and see you.
1: Sure. Yeah, there's nothing cooler than like a guy coming in and say, hey, I saw you over the internet this weekend. He already knows who you are. He already knows your personality. He already knows what you look like. He, you know, aside from, uh, aside from showing him the car, like that's a uh, pretty good, pretty good prospect.
0: How much do you get into uh, pricing and finance on social media? Do you educate? Because you know you educate people on the cars, you educate people on the buying process. How much do you get into like pricing and finance and that sort of thing when you're educating people either on social media or through blog posts and emails that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it's a bad thing, right? If they don't get the information from you or from us, they're going to get the information from somewhere else. So. We do we've we've done tons of long form content as far as comparing leases versus buys, zero percent interest rate versus rebates. Like we've done those videos and they do relatively well. Typically those those videos are like really good for after the initial impression, right? So like we meet each other, you see one of my videos, I think you might be interested and then to have one of those videos follow back up in an ad form is very, very, very effective. But Yeah, I don't think, I don't think hide, there's no, there's no sense in hiding anything anymore. It's best to tell them everything.
0: So you really could take them through step by step the entire process so they know what to expect. You could take them through that, let's say on YouTube or on Facebook with video, and then they come in and that exact process unfolds right in front of them you show them the, you know, the pricing worksheet and how it works based on what they, what they qualify for credit wise. And it's really, it's really done before they, before they walk in. When they come in, what questions do you or the folks on your team ask to make sure they're qualified? How do you know when they're qualified?
1: I mean, to be honest with you, we, we don't make that decision anyway, right? We're not a bank. So We treat every deal the same, whether we think we have somebody that is can afford a $105,000 Escalade or they can afford a $2,000 Honda Civic. You know, It doesn't matter to us. Our biggest thing is when the customer gets there, we want to be consistent. We used to do that, right? We used to sit down and be like, hey, who, who are you finance with now? What's your credit like? Um, what kind of payment do you want to be at? But nowadays, again, there's just so much information out there. If it unfolds, it unfolds. We may have... We might have spent a little bit of time, but the experience that that customer got from us is completely different than they get somewhere else. So when they are in a good position to buy or when they do know somebody they can buy, then that's where the referrals come back in.
0: Right, right.
1: I think, you know, in 2019, asking somebody how good their credit is before you show them a car or what their credit's like is kind of doing the whole deal an in injustice because we don't make that decision anyway. We're not the bank. So but it, does, it happens a lot, though.
0: Talk to me about exactly that. You said uh, you mentioned referrals. In the last three years, I bought like six cars. So um, and we bought four, five of the six from the same guy because he knows everything about me. I mean, literally everything down to how much I make and whatnot. And I don't have to tell the story over and over again. And I just call him. He's moved from one dealership to the next. He's moved from one brand. Over the last 10 years, he's moved from one brand to the next. And we just call him and tell him what we want. He calls us when he gets it. And we just go over and sign the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And we've referred him to... uh, I personally have referred him to five people. I know my wife's referred him to a couple of people. My sister-in-law, who we bought another car for, has referred him to a bunch of people. Tell me about referrals and what you guys do to stimulate referrals. Because this guy... He calls me, he calls me probably, I want to say he calls me 11 out of 12 months a year just to say hi. Never asks for anything, just, you know, has a conversation with me, wants to know how the kids are doing. He had a baby, we sent him a gift, he called to thank me. He just, we just called, he just calls to talk and we never forget him. What do you guys do to, to stimulate referrals at your place?
1: Yeah, I think um the old additive that uh we sell on the first one, the service department sells on the second one. So even though our primary focus or my primary focus is in the service or in the sales department, we leverage a lot from the service department to help us out with that. So just down to the little things like picking up customers' cars and giving them a loaner while they get their oil change done. Um picking up the phone and like you said, calling and saying happy birthday or whatever. That stuff hasn't changed, you know. We're, we, we still do all of those those nice things that makes the difference. Again, I think being in front of them on a social media platform never hurts, right? They feel like, hey, I know what you did yesterday, you know. So I think that's really helped us too. But more so, more so just providing the same service that we always have, right? It's easy to sell the first one. It's a lot harder to, to keep them and get them to come back. And that's where really having a good backbone in the service department that all the credit goes to them because 3,000 miles, 5,000 miles for that first oil change happens relatively quick for a lot of people. So um, if they're on top of it and they're calling them and saying, hey, you got an oil change due, and then they're letting us know that Mr. Smith has an oil change, and then we follow back up with them and say, hey, do you need a car for the day? Is there anything we can do to make it easier for you or whatever? That, that's, the, that's the difference for us.
0: Yeah, So we're
1: not reinventing the wheel wheel there. We don't have any special tactics for that. We just do what's always worked, you know, as far as referrals and repeat.
0: And think about it too. You mentioned something at the beginning uh, when you answered that question about being in their social media. You're the guy who sold them their car. Now you're in with their friends on their social media and you see when they're posting life events and you see when their kids win an award at school and, you know, you see what's going on in their life you're a part of the fabric of who they are, it's really easy to interact with them. So if I'm a guy working at a car store, I make sure I know all the parents in my kids' class, I make sure that everybody on the baseball team knows my name, knows who I am, and I'm connected with them all on Facebook, and we're interacting, and I'm a part of everything that goes on in their life, so I know when something's, you know, when somebody's looking for something.
1: Right, exactly. Like, even if you don't work it that hard, right? Like, if, you're not, if you don't want to be an ambassador outside of the dealership, like, per se, like, like to hustle the, the baseball games and all that stuff, obviously, that, that's really good. Um, but if you just get the contact information and get the guys that, do, that you do sell to follow you, that's over time, if you did say the same dealership, it just builds into something massive, you know? Sure. And if you have the mentality that it's your dealership, right? It just gets even bigger, so the stuff that we do now, I wish I would have done you know, 10 years ago because if I did, it's endless where the monetary value can be right now.
0: Yeah. All right, folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Cody Reed. Cody is general sales manager at a GM dealership, and he is huge on social media. If you want to check out what he's doing, I want you to go see him on YouTube. His channel is just like his name, Cody Reed. That's Cody with a C, and Reed is spelled R-E-E-D, and you can find him on YouTube. He will show you, well, he's going to show you a lot of stuff about the inside out uh, deals that go on in a car store, Cody, let's talk a little bit about the guys or the folks that you work with. I I always refer to them as guys, but some of the most effective salespeople in car dealerships are women, the folks that you work with, how do you recruit them? And what do you look for in somebody who's going to be great in car sales? I
1: mean, 2019, right? Before, like not even that long ago, we said, hey, how much sales experience do you have? Have you ever sold anything? And if that answer was yes, typically you were hired, right? Nowadays, again, everything's built, everything goes back to the experience. So whenever I'm going an interview, um, more so I'm looking at communication skills, right? Like, hey, can we just have a conversation? And at, outside of that, as far as willingness to maybe push a little bit harder as far as promoting themselves, um, big, big, big on self-promotion. Because at the end of the day, the people that we hire, kind of how we sell it, right, is you can take this anywhere with you. You said that uh, your guy has jumped a couple of dealerships and you stayed with him. It's no different now, you know? So the people that I think that we can really get a good grasp on them um, promoting themselves, that's generally a pretty, uh, pretty good thing for everyone, so...
0: So you really want people who are relationship people. You want them developing relationships. And basically you tell them, look, you bring your relationships into the store here and people will find something that they like because they're coming for you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, as long as it has four wheels and it moves around and doesn't break every day, they're going to be happy with it. But what they're really coming for is the relationship with you. That's what you're telling people when they walk in.
1: Exactly. Because like we said earlier, the customers already know 95% of the time they already know what they want before they get there. So the only thing, the only reason why we wouldn't sell them is us at that point. Right. So right. that that's what I'm looking for nowadays. It's it's not rocket science. It's not hard. We do work a lot of hours. So being effective in that all kind of goes back to social media, right? Before we called out the phone book, before we went back to the service department, which is all still I guess, uh, somehow effective ways of doing it, but more so again, it just, just building every single day on, on that, on that self brand.
0: Yeah. So. All right. So tell me, give me, give me a couple different sales styles that you've seen and tell me how those people, uh, how those people get it done. So give me uh give me an example of, of one way somebody does it. That's really effective. And then give me another example. As far as inside the store, Yeah. So like take a, take a, a, you know, somebody who only does business by appointment and he's calling his uh, calling his past sales and getting referrals and bringing them in versus somebody who is, you know, connecting with new people on social media and inviting them in to look at new cars and stuff like what are the different types of styles that they're getting people where, where people are interested in bringing folks in? Like you, you know, you mentioned that some got, some people write, versus do videos and stuff. So give me a couple of examples of what you've seen that's working right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, um, you know, there's no, there's no right answer to this, but as far as inside the dealership today, I think the guys, there, there's, there's always the guys that are gonna be like the product heads, right? Like, hey, hey uh, Jim knows everything about the Chevrolet Silverado or everything about the GMC Sierra, and he's kind of got that reputation, right? So um, he's built that for himself, and he leverages that. That's one effective way. Um, the second, I'd say probably, I'm not going to say that's the first, but another way that's been pretty effective too is um, just con- continually doing the same thing no matter what it is every single day. Like you said, like the writing, the videos, uh, just busting phones, just having a really set schedule is always going to be a lot better than just kind of playing moosey-goosey with it. So. Um, the success comes for those that are the most consistent. So you know my guys, the ones that come in every morning, they make their phone calls early in the morning, then they work on social, then they set their appointments and they hit the service department., uh, those are the guys that that really do well. So
0: so they have a so they have a process, right? They have a specific process that they've used over the years that works for them and that they've found to be, you know, to be effective. And that leads me to kind of the, the last question that I have for you. In a, and when we were getting ready for the interview, I sent this to you in an email. Tell me about people who are in a slump, right? Folks who, you know, nobody's walked in the store asking for them in like two weeks. They're on social media and everybody they reach out to on social media is going on vacation so they don't want to buy a car or they're buying Christmas gifts so they don't want to buy a car. What do you do when you got a guy who you know is a good relationship-based sales guy? But he just—it's just dry. He just can't get anything going.
1: Yeah, um, I think at that point, like the biggest thing that we can do in those situations as managers is just be there to help them, help them get through it. Not let them forget about you know why they're here, how they made it here, and just encourage them through that whole thing. Again, though, typically if that happens, then the then the consistency of the day is probably off at some point. So, um, maybe throw in a little two cents, but our guys don't really get that way again, just because we're so structured in the day, in in the macro, in the moment that every, every point of every day, we know kind of where we stand and what we need to be doing. And for the most part, I mean, that's one benefit of not having a massive sales staff. We do a pretty good job of that, you know? So the slumps don't quite hit us as hard because of that, but if if they do, Um, We do daily, daily manager meetings, one-on-ones where we get together, very informal, but nothing really snowballs into anything massive because we're, we're, we're on each other's, we got each other's six, we got each other's back.
0: Yeah. Really, really quickly. Tell me a little bit about how you're measured, how success is, success is measured. The, the top guy in any given month, the top person in any given month, how many cars are they selling on average? The top guy
1: in our industry in a small store like we like I'm in right now, is about 15. Uh, that would be about top- out. To about big stores, 30? 30, 35.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's even 15 is a lot. That's, that's one car every other day. And knowing what goes into the delivery of a car and what can go wrong. I mean, you know, they bring the car around and it gets scratched because it was too close to another car or something. I mean, you know, 30 cars, that's a car a day. That's a big deal. 15 every other day. That's a big deal. Yeah.
1: Just, uh, just sell them. Selling them is the easy part, right? So everything after the snowball effect of that gets pretty big.
0: Yeah again uh, it, this is the industry is so fascinating to me what is the um? what is the post-sale process that you guys use so I drive the car off the lot today do I get a phone call tomorrow like what happens
1: yeah uh, your sales guy we, well as soon as you leave the dealership uh, the second your wheels hit, hit off a lot you automatically get a text message thanking you from us if you opted in you automatically get an email we get a personal video sent to you uh, through email as well. So um, yeah, phone calls. We call them back the next very next day, and then after day five, you're gonna get a phone call from our service department if you didn't meet them already. So
0: wow, that's great. That's great. What um what industry associations do you belong to? Do you belong to any groups or industry associations to keep sharp?
1: I am not the norm. No, I use YouTube for everything. Believe it or not.
0: All right, cool. So what do you what do you read? What what sales stuff are you reading? What what channels are you going to to keep up with what's going on? Like how do you stay sharp in sales?
1: Dude, I have a uh, I have trained so much over the course of the last 10 years. Like I was the guy that sat front row. I was the guy that like couldn't wait for the sales meeting to start and for the training to start. And the last uh Forty-eight months, I have really just been digging into social media content. So, um, any—not trying to say any, but like I follow Justin o Show as far as training for tutorials on how to learn how to use editing softwares right? Oh, nice. I thought I would need to know this, but you need to know how to edit a video if you shoot a video. So, um, as far as inside sales, I'd say um, I'm. I, I still listen to Grant Cardone. I still listen to Gary V. Um, outside of that, everything else is all about building social media
0: presence. Yeah. 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 And you're on, uh, so you're on YouTube. If you want to, uh, if you want to follow Cody, he's Cody Reed, Cody with a C, Reed, R A E D on YouTube. What about Facebook? How can people find you on Facebook?
1: Uh, my name on Facebook is also Cody Reed. A lot of our promotions are done through our dealer website. Um, so that's where a lot of that's pushed at, but individually, again, it's Cody Reed, Cody Reed all the way around.
0: All right, so we've been spending the last half hour talking to Cody Reed. He's given us a great window into how, to, uh, how it works in selling cars, and if you're looking to buy a car, you've gotten kind of some insight here now, but you also got some great sales tips. So for example, one thing that I really took away from this is the consistency of your day and how it can lead you to being not slump-proof, but less likely to go into a slump. And let me tell you something, working selling cars is rough because these guys, they don't really make a heck of a lot of money unless they sell cars. So you gotta hustle every single day. And if these guys are putting a structure to their day, if they're making phone calls and building relationships, if they're going on social media and making sure they post great educational content on social media, they're writing email to people, educating them on a regular basis, If they're doing it in a car store, where you used to hear people say, oh my gosh, I don't want to seem like a car salesman. Let me tell you something folks, car salesmen are developing relationships now. So they're the model of what we all should be doing when it comes to structuring your day. And that's one of the big things I took away from this interview. Cody, I want to thank you so much for joining us. We're going to look for you at Cody Reed on YouTube. We want to go there. We want to learn all about GMC vehicles. And I want you to message Cody on YouTube if you need a car no matter where you are, because he's going to hook you up with a with a really cool, look, if you're looking to buy a truck, you can't do any better than a GMC truck. I own a GMC truck myself, and I love it. I absolutely love it. So go see Cody on YouTube, Cody Reed, C-O-D-Y-R-E-E-D. Watch his videos about cars, and you'll learn a ton. If you need a car, message him, and he'll hook you up with a dealer that's near you. Cody, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed the conversation. It was great. Thanks for giving us some insight into how you make deals in the car business. Thank you so much, man. It's been my pleasure. All right, folks. That'll do it for another episode of the Do This Sell More Show. We'll see you right back here next week. We're here every Thursday. We go live on Thursdays at noon on the podcast. Every place you get podcasts, you can find us. But if you wanna see my smiling face and if you wanna see Cody, he's absolutely stunning. He's so much more handsome than me. Go to YouTube, watch this episode on YouTube if you listened on the podcast. The YouTube show goes live every Thursday at noon as well. We'll see you right back here next week. Until then, here's hoping you do this and sell more. Do this, sell more. My name is Dave Lorenzo and my mission is to help you make a great living and live a great life. We'll see you right back here next Thursday. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Give us your feedback on each episode and get access to our free sales training course at dothissellmore.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Do This, Sell More.